Hello, welcome to Lion Low. I'm Sam. I'm Jay. And today we're going to be talking about the 1930s sports in Michigan. We're going to be mentioning the Tigers, the Red Wings, um, the Detroit Lions, MSU, and U of M, and what went on during the decade. I am going to be starting off with the Detroit Tigers. They started off the decade with losing records, having 50 wins out of 160, or 60 wins. They started off really shaky. They became better throughout time, finishing the season with a 500 winning percentage, getting about 75 wins, because at the time they had about a 150-game season. Um, then 1934 was the year they started becoming a pretty good team. They went 101-53. and They lost in seven games to the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series that year. They were favored to win, having the best record in the MLB at the time. Hank Greenberg was the best player on that team, having 26 homers, 139 RBIs, and a 339 batting average. 1935 is the year they became very, very good, winning the World Series four games to two against the Cubs. Um, that was their first World Series as a team, being a 35-year-old team. At the time, they've lost World Series in previous years. That was a nice revenge against the Cubs, losing to them in 1908. Some key players on the Tigers during the 1930s was Hank Greenberg having 331 home runs, 1,274 RBIs, and a 313 batting average. He was a very key player in the decade, helping the Tigers accomplish many feats as a World Series, and he was a home run champ four times during his whole entire career, which is pretty impressive, saying that a lot of people didn't hit home runs back then, and him finishing the season with 331 is pretty impressive. Charlie Geringer was another key player during the 30s, having 184 homers, 1,427 RBIs, 320 batting average, and 181 stolen bases. Something I'm noticing with these two players and many of the players that stuck out during the early 1900s was that they would have a high batting average and would consistently knock runners in. Like, 1,427 RBIs is very good for the amount of RBIs, even nowadays. He obviously didn't have as many home runs, but he was not known for that. He had 184 home runs and 181 stolen bases, making him the first Tigers player ever to have 180 homers and 180 stolen bases in their career. He was, for a little bit, the team's leader in RBIs, having almost 200 more than Hank Greenberg. But I'd say they're both very key in winning that 1935 World Series. Okay, so now it's Jay, and I'm going to be talking about the Detroit Red Wings' uh, history and their experiences they uh, had in the 1930s decade. Okay, so they actually became a hockey team in the 19 in 1930 
and they were named the Detroit Cougars. Uh, they weren't very successful within a couple of years, but their name changed to the Falcons actually after they got bought out, and then uh, eventually their name changed to the Red Wings in 1932. They won uh, back-to-back Stanley Cups in 1936 and 1937, and throughout uh, all of that, they uh, were very successful with uh, playing hockey and uh, scoring goals and winning games. Okay, so now I'll be talking about football. And the professional team in Detroit was the Lions. They became a team in 1930. They were originally called Spartans, um, but that later changed in 1931. So the Lions were actually sponsored by the Green Bay Packers, which is kind of funny because that is their rival. So in the team's first season, the Spartans tied for 7th in the league with a 5-6-3 and three record. So it wasn't really the best considering there was 11 teams in the NFL. But throughout the years, the Lions did improve. Uh, teams in the league kind of went down, so... It went down to 10 and then 8, and so there was actually like 8 main teams uh, throughout the 30s, and in uh, 1935, the Lions were really good. They um, won a lot of games, and they ended up winning the football championship uh, against the New York Giants 26-7, to so that was a big accomplishment for them in the 30s. Uh, Going back a year in 1934, those are when the games uh, for Thanksgiving started, and that's kind of a a tradition that uh, has continued all the way up until now, actually. And so the Lions uh, were a pretty good team for back then, but there was only eight teams, so it wasn't, like, fairly hard to be good. You just needed good coaching and... uh, some decent players but yeah they won a championship in the 30s so that was their biggest accomplishment hey sam back um now i'm gonna be talking about colleges in michigan well the two main colleges nowadays which are michigan state university and the university of michigan and we're gonna see how good they were in the 30s and what they were like sport wise so first we're gonna start with msu um they really weren't a university until 1955 they didn't have sports or anything until then they were just like not considered a college until 1955 so now on to michigan they were the first team in the country with an electronic scoreboard they were the 1934 golf champs, um, and nowadays, being a golf fan, I would find that pretty spectacular of a feat to do, especially back in that day and age when golf was really a high-looked-at sport. They were huge amongst the race protests as well. They thought racism was a terrible thing, and they didn't really believe in it as a whole college. They really accepted anyone in, and that's really good looking at if you're looking for a good college because you could see that 
They've never hated anyone, really, except Ohio State. Um, and to end the decade, Tom Harmon wins school's first Heisman, ending the 1939-40 to season. He was a white halfback for the Michigan Wolverines football team, and he was very, very good. He was quick with his feet, and there really wasn't very many agile people who could juke so much. And he was really the first coming of that because they didn't really have any protection. So to play a full season like he did was pretty spectacular. Okay, so that concludes uh, what we were talking about of the sports in Michigan of the 1930s. So now we're going to talk about how those organizations have evolved and kind of what they are today. So first of all, we'll talk about the Detroit Lions and... Honestly, they haven't really accomplished much uh, championship-wise and division-wise and all of that uh, throughout history. So they have never been to a Super Bowl, which established in 1966, and they have never done that. And their last playoff win was in 1991, so that was 29 years ago from present day, which is 2020. And they honestly haven't really been uh, a great franchise. They're one of four teams who have never been to a Super Bowl, which is kind of lackluster and disappointing. Uh, they are kind of at a rebuild stage as of now. They just came off of a 3-12-1 season, and they hold the third pick in the draft, which will kind of be interesting which route they go, considering they have a quarterback who is injury-prone and Matthew Stafford and doesn't really have as bright as a future as some of these up-and-coming prospects. So it's kind of interesting on where they go, if it will be on the defensive side of the ball, or maybe they snag a receiver to help out that core, or even a quarterback, which is definitely possible, but still kind of unlikely. So... The Lions haven't really done much. They haven't won the division in a long time. And they're kind of just been disappointing. And I know it's kind of sad for their fans because they haven't really been able to do much as a franchise. And I know a lot of their fans just want uh, an opportunity to make the playoffs and even win a playoff game because it's been almost 30 years without that and eventually make it to the Super Bowl, which they haven't yet to do. I'm going to be talking about the Detroit Tigers now and how they have done in, since the 1930s and their 1935 World Series win. In 1945, 68, and 84, the Tigers won the World Series um, their most recent World Series win in 84 was when they defeated the Chicago Cubs in seven games. It was a great series, and I was really pulling for the Cubs. I mean, if I was alive, I would be pulling for the Cubs, honestly. But I'm only 15, so. Um, and since 1930, the Tigers have had so many talented players. The most standout and probably the best player in Tigers history 
in my opinion, because, I mean, I couldn't really see Ty Cobb because he was from 1909 and stuff, um, from 2005. So I really got to know who Miggy is and what he's about. In 2012, he put together one of the greatest campaigns in MLB history. He hit 44 home runs, 139 RBIs, and had a 330 average, leading the league in all three categories. He was an all-star, and that won him the Triple Crown, which is really, really rare. It has never happened in the past eight years, and it didn't happen since Carl Yastrzemski won it for the Boston Red Sox a while ago. Just to add on, uh, me and Sam were actually at a Tigers game a couple years back, and I caught a toss-up from Miguel Cabrera, which was really cool. Uh, he got a ground ball at first base, and it was a pretty fun moment. And the last player I'm going to mention is Justin Verlander. I know I could mention any pitcher or player for the Tigers, Jack Morris or David Price or anyone. Like I know there's a lot more players, but uh, Justin Verlander won an MVP and a Cy Young for the Detroit Tigers, which is pretty pretty cool to see because the Tigers have had lots of great pitchers in recent years, but as you know, Miggy won the MVP in 2012. 2011 was the pitcher's year on the Detroit Tigers as Verlander had started 34 games and he won 24 and only lost 5. And he had a 240 ERA, which in an American league where hitting is what you need, that's pretty crazy. He also had 250 strikeouts, which led the league. And I'm almost certain he won the pitching triple crown that year, too, which is back-to-back triple crowns for the Tigers. And to end the baseball, how it's recently been, the Tigers in the past two years have had the worst record in the whole MLB, which is pretty terrible. Like, that's just garbage like how I don't I don't know how you can be that bad especially if you have a number one pick like if he's that good why would you use your number one pick on something like that like come on Tigers get it together okay so to end this podcast off I'm going to talk about uh the Red Wings and all their Stanley Cups uh after the 1930s so the Wings won it in 43, 50, 52, 54, 55, so that was back-to-back, 97, 98, which was also back-to-back, 2002, 2008, so that was pretty amazing. Uh, now they're kind of not as great. They're uh, at another rebuild stage, which is pretty disappointing considering all uh, the Red Wings, the Tigers and the Lions are all rebuilding so it's kind of tough to be in Michigan and a fan of these teams considering they're all not going to be really good for another couple of years so it kind of is rough to be like that and uh, 
but their history does show a lot of success, so that is really good. And that was Lion Low. Thanks for joining our first ever podcast. Hope you enjoyed. We outie.